Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. The best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps. It's right down the street in your very own neighborhood. With Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. Welcome to Hot Off The Mess. I'm your host, Samantha Bush, but you can call me Sam. You may know me as Bravo Historian on Instagram, where I post like a million times a day. Now, I do have a cat. Her name is Barb. Uh, she likes to make an appearance every now and again, so if you do hear um, that, just want to let you know that's her. As usual, I'm breaking down this week's Bravo headlines and I'm talking about some other pop culture moments we've had. We have a lot to cover this week, including the highly anticipated Roni premiere. So you get my rating on that. I talk a little bit about Atlanta, where Dallas is gonna go from here. I talk about Ben Affleck on dating apps. I am just like all over the place today. I have so much to discuss with you. I can't wait to get into it. Um, so let's get started. First, really quick, let me say thank you all so much for listening to the very first episode of Hot Off The Mess. I just can't, like, I can't even thank you guys enough. <laughs> I have to read one of the reviews that someone left. I honestly, I can't stop thinking about it. An ex turned me on to Samantha and her Bravo Historian account. That relationship is history, but Bravo Historian is forever. And you guys, this sent me to a different dimension. I just... Again, I love you all so much. You've seriously, you've changed my life. And okay, enough with the feelings. Let's talk housewives. Oh my. No! No! That's his hair! Our girls are back. Roni is back and it is like coming home. Now, fun fact, I didn't go to college, but I can only imagine what it was like to come home from your six by eight block cell dorm room to your loving family. And I just, I feel like this is that. Only you're coming home to your rich, drunk aunts. And honestly, that just sounds more ideal. I don't know. So we open the season with a flashback to March 2020. And we've honestly been in this pandemic for so long that I kind of like forgot what life was like before all of this. I, I've i kind of just become accustomed to this way of living, which is terrifying. 
So when they did that and it was like showing the hustle and the bustle of New York City, and I feel like hustle and bustle of New York City is how people who don't live in New York City describe it. <laughs> like, okay. Then it goes to October 2020, which is like complete silence, no one on the streets, there's like one lone bike. And then we get reintroduced to Leah and her new nose, which looks incredible. And Martin the Boxer, who is like one of my very favorite side characters of Real Hustle of New York City. And honestly, Roni has the best side characters, like the facialist, the guy from last season <laughs> to drinking the martini with like the sweater wrapped around his shoulders, like I cannot get enough. But then something very interesting happens, a new development, if you will, which is kind of interesting. But it only took 15 years, but Luann and Ramona are now their besties. And I believe they are besties of convenience now. They keep saying how close they live to one another, how happy they are that they're neighbors. And I'm like, okay, but like, do you really like each other? I don't know. And then Ramona at one point says to Luann, she goes, you know, the more and more I get to know you, the more I like you. And I'm like, Ramona, you've known her for more than a decade. How do you not know who Luann is? Like, that doesn't even, it doesn't even make sense. But Luann's taking it. She's like, yeah, absolutely. This is like a beautiful friendship. And then Lou has a new apartment. Uh, we get to see that when Ramona comes over. And, you know, it has about 27 chairs just splashed around the apartment. I believe I saw like four accent chairs. There's just a lot of seating. And then, of course, in true Lou fashion, she has a poster of her cabaret show in the entryway of her apartment. And I noticed this when Ramona walks in and she <laughs> quotes her own song. She goes, oh my God, look how chic say la vie you look. Jesus Christ, like she, Lou cannot help herself and that is why I love her so much. And this new apartment is also one with a little bit of a view. Now that is a view of her ex-husband Tom's terrace. So. As someone like, you know, myself, who is looking for a new apartment, I have like a specific block radius that I refuse to even like look at apartments in because being in the vicinity of like my toxic ex-boyfriend is truly a nightmare. It is like I would hate it if I was like just walking down the street and I even had like the chance of running into him. So Lou having to look out of her living room window on one of her 32 chairs that she has and seeing Tom's fucking terrace. Now, Tom is her ex-husband who the demise of their marriage led Luann to getting so drunk that she got arrested and went to jail. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a tough memory to constantly have to relive by looking out your own fucking window. I would be so pissed. So I don't know if Lou just didn't realize this, but I don't know how she missed this. I really don't. Um, and then finally, finally, we get Sonia. Now, Sonia is Sonia, and we get a pussy reference immediately. Like, within four minutes of her being on screen, she talks about shaving her pussy. Oh, I used to use this when I used to shave my... Oh my God, I might do this tonight. It was truly one of those moments where I was like, oh, we are back. Like, this is New York. You don't get this anywhere else. You don't get, you know, Kyle Richards talking about shaving her pussy. You don't get, you know, Karen Hugan talking about shaving her pussy. Like, you don't get this anywhere else. You get it in New York. And 
I have to bring up a tweet that I saw last night during the premiere, and it has stuck with me and I think will remain with me for the rest of my life. But someone named at Betsy Diaries tweeted, I don't think people realize how far you can get in New York City by being an intern of a Morgan. And when I tell you I cannot stop thinking about that, like, it's probably true. Like, imagine putting on your resume that you interned for a Morgan. Like, you didn't specify which one, but you had it on there. Now, I mean, New York, I feel like, is very like financial, I mean, there's like a financial district, right? I think that's where Leah lives. And I mean, it's like the Morgans are a New York City staple, like JP Morgan. He's a big deal. Banks, money, Wall Street. I just, you know, I won't get into all of that because my friend Christine Biancavilla, shout out to her, had to teach me what a FICO score was last night after Ebony referenced it at some point. I genuinely was like, what the fuck is that? Like when she was like, oh yeah, my I forgot to check FICO. I was like, I don't know what that means. Apparently it's your credit scores. I, like I'm not financially literate whatsoever, but I just know that the Morgans are like a really big deal. Now, Leah introduces us to Ebony, who I have been anxiously awaiting, and we finally meet her. They're taking a nice stroll in the park. We hear that Ebony is not, you know, she's not against taking a shit on a first day at their house, which I completely respect. So that immediately kind of got me, like, warming up to her really quickly because anyone that can come on TV and talk about how quickly they can shit at someone's house, like, I'm into it. And she doesn't do it in, like, a Stephanie Holman way talking about shit. Like she was no nonsense. She was like, yeah, like, bitch, you fed me. Like I'm going to have to fucking go. So I love her already. And I love how just out of the gate, she was so open and honest about her life and her recent breakup with her ex-fiance. Now I do wish the premiere had more group scenes. Like I wish that everyone kind of was together not 40 minutes into the show, if that makes sense. Like I like all these women really – I like them basically trapped together um, where they cannot go anywhere. So we finally get the group scene that we have been waiting for. Now, Leah and Ebony show up to Sonia Morgan's house and Ebony's reaction to Sonia Morgan is, is everyone's reaction to Sonia Morgan. It's just like, what the fuck is happening? Why is this woman inviting us over for brunch? And she's literally hosing off the stone in her backyard. It was just chaotic. And it was the kind of chaotic that I welcome into my life. It's like a happy chaos. So now we get to my favorite part of the episode. I'll just try to be PC. But if you notice, my fish are every color. I have black, white, yellow. You look gorgeous. Black and orange. I see black. Yeah, biracial fish. Yeah. Body positivity. You have larger fish. Yep, skinny ones, little ones. Skinny ones. Everything. You better be the queen of fish diversity, bitch. This is... (laughs) Like, I honestly couldn't even believe my eyes, but... It was just, again, it's so Sonia. It was just like chef's kiss, like peak, peak Sonia. And then finally everyone comes over. Luann and Ebony have already known each other and they knew each other through Jill Zarin, which that was like a little, you know, gem that Ebony had dropped for us, which makes me wonder, like, will Jill Zarin show up this season? I don't know. We didn't really get her in the previews, so probably not, but that would be interesting. And then next week... The girls are headed to Sag Harbor, which I love because, like I said, I love when we shove them all in a house together and just hit record. Um, So overall, I rate this premiere a 7.8 out of 10. (laughs) 
Did your mom really throw shoes at you? Because I was actually kind of disturbed when I saw that TikTok. So I wanted to hear from you about that. Yeah, um, my mother has thrown many a shoe at my head. I was like, oh my gosh. And actually other people called me about it too. Really? So. Other people called you about it? Yeah, they actually did. Your friends did. need something better to do then. Well, I'm just letting you know. The only reason, and I mean the only reason I am even discussing the Dallas reunion is just because I love Tiffany Moon so much that I will sit through an hour of Cam and her microaggressions, and I am enraged because what the fuck was that? Uh, I like I was texting my friends last night and we, all of us were just like, what are we watching? What is happening? Cam came to the reunion. I would have thought with like more, I don't know, a nicer attitude towards Tiffany. And instead it was like the complete opposite. She was like completely delusional and was just acting so strange. Like the faces she would make towards Tiffany, the remarks and the telling Tiffany that she's being racist towards her own culture like it makes no sense and it was so infuriating to watch and no one was saying anything I mean they might have but they might have cut it out I don't know but it was just oh my god it just made me so angry like having Tiffany like forcing her to sit there and just listen to that fucking bullshit and when Cam was like yeah, I mean, people in my life had to tell me about this video talking about a TikTok Tiffany made making, you know, light of her own relationship with her mother. And Tiffany was just like, then you need friends with like busier lives because that is fucking weird. Like, why are your friends commenting on my TikToks? I truly don't understand. And then the cuts to Brandy sitting on what I believe to be the basement of a Best Western with a dimly lit lamp behind her was jarring to say the least. And th that ponytail, I mean, I touched on it a little bit last week too, because we got the little preview for the reunion. That ponytail, I mean, we have all been there. I hate to say this, where we love the idea of a tight, high pony. And this is a lesson we all have to learn. Like it's, sometimes it's just not for us. Like that journey is just not for us to take. And Brandy, that scrunchy and that hair was not your journey and the makeup was also not your journey like she needed to just turn the light off and go to bed honestly and I just want to say thank you to Andy Cohen for bringing up Carrie and her binge drinking because that was something that I think was completely overlooked this entire season by the women but not by like viewers I remember seeing a ton of comments on Twitter and Instagram about Carrie and like her huge focus on drinking and tequila and partying and it was like okay like we get it like you like to have a good time I'm all for having a good time but it just felt like a lot and when Cam said oh well I do a podcast with her and she doesn't drink when we're together okay that's not what binge drinking is binge drinking is when you do drink you drink a lot so that is the point Cam like that is what binge drinking is Carrie also seems to be very confused about what it means to be a bully. Um, she was able to describe it perfectly, though, uh, to Deandro, and she felt that Deandro was getting people to bully her on social media, which, I mean, if Deandro wants to like a tweet about Carrie being a fucking bitch, that is her prerogative. Like, who cares? Like, more power to you because Carrie is a fucking bitch to her. Uh, but nowhere in this thought process... Was she like, wow, maybe I do this to Deandra as well. And then the housewives, okay, I'm going on a tangent here, but the housewives have this like 
very strange relationship the word bully like it has been thrown around in housewives for years like I remember it was a big storyline with Alexis on um, Orange County and the women were like we're not bullies you don't know what a bully is blah 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 and it's like no 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 like you guys are being bullies, actually. Like, bullying is when you single one person out and basically torture them for an entire 17 episodes. That's what that is. Like, not liking someone is very different than, like, constantly targeting them. So what we did witness in Dallas, I believe to be, it's bullying, especially with Tiffany. I mean, I'm dreading next week just because Dallas is just so painful for me to have to just sit there and watch this. But I'll do it. I'll do it for Tiffany because I hope if Dallas comes back, which I believe they will, um, that Tiffany does come back. Um, it made me sad to hear that her coworkers are embarrassed for her that she's on the show and that her dad called her an idiot. Like there's a lot of darkness there. And I just want Tiffany to know that she's very beloved and very supported within the Bravo community. All right, so we're kind of going to go back in the week a little bit because I just want to touch on the Atlanta reunion. It is the part two reunion. And honestly, these women, they can do no wrong in my eyes. But this year, I mean, something was amiss. I don't think, honestly, I don't think it was the women. I think it was production. I think there was just something. I know that they had to stop filming like six separate times and had to shut down due to COVID. So, I mean, that kind of hurts the season. Like, when there's not a continuous flow, when they have to keep shutting down and shutting down. I mean, that's a lot, but I I have to admit something. And it's hard for me to admit this, but I honestly don't understand what anyone is fighting about at this reunion. Like, I don't understand a single thing that's happening. I don't understand what anyone is upset about. I'm so confused. Like, I get Portia being annoyed at Kenya for bringing up Bolo. And I get Kenya being annoyed at Portia because Portia's annoyed at Kenya. Like I get it. But other than really that, I'm like, I don't, I don't get what's going on. I don't get why Portia is mad at Marlo. I don't get why Marlo is mad at Portia because there is so much that is not being said. And it's infuriating to me. Like I, I'm watching this and I'm just confused the whole time. It's like, I just have question marks surrounding my head. I just don't, you know, like, did you ever play The Sims? If you played The Sims, then you'll totally get this reference. But if you were to make your Sims do something, like sometimes they would like stand there and like hold their hands up and like shrug it. I don't know, the camera. I don't know what they're doing, but they're shrugging. That's literally me. I'm a Sim when I'm watching The Real Houses of Atlanta. Now, another thing is Drew is just not for me. I have to tell you, I'm not a Drew fan. I wasn't a Drew fan when she stormed on the scene with her little boot. Um, and I don't, I don't enjoy her. I think she's a little phony baloney. I think she lies about the stupidest fucking things. Like when she couldn't just admit that her and Latoya kissed at the dungeon party, like the bachelorette, Candy Burris, Queen Candy fucking Burris was like, you did. Like, why are you saying that you're not? And even Kenya was like, Candy doesn't make shit up. If it if she's saying it happened, it happened. <sighs> That's just how I feel. I just have a sigh because it's just like, are you kidding? Like, why are we even lying about this? This isn't that big of a deal. Why are you saying you have a perfect marriage when you obviously don't? It's like, why are you bringing up the step up box office, you know, 
world record or whatever it was. It was like, she was like, Step Up made $400 million worldwide. No one cares what a movie in 2006 made. No one cares. Not a soul. And so I'm just like, I'm just kind of ready for the season to be over. It feels like it was a really, really long season. And Atlanta sometimes does feel that way because it is on a Sunday night, which sometimes they don't air new episodes every Sunday due to like other programming that's going on. But I don't know. I don't know how we, where we go from here because we cannot continue the Kenya and Portia fight any longer. It, to me, it just feels like two girls who just don't vibe. And like, we all have those people in our life that like, we're like, it's not that I wish you, you know, the worst things to happen in life. I just, you're not a vent to me. I just don't vibe with you and that's okay. And you don't have to vibe with me. That's just how I feel. And there needs to be progress with these two women or else, or one of them needs to be gone. Now, I'm not going to say which one I think needs to be gone because that's a tough call. That's a tough call to make. I think I don't know. You know, I just love Kenya. I know I probably just lost like a ton of people there, but I do. I love Kenya. Not saying Portia needs to go, but I can see Portia maybe going on to other ventures. I feel like she's growing and she's, you know, got a really solid fan base and maybe she could do like a spinoff or something. That's just what I'm thinking. Um, But that's it for Atlanta. I mean, I need it to be over. Like, and oh, one more thing. Latoya needs a peach. And Marlo needs a peach. Those two need peaches immediately. Marlo obviously deserves a peach. She has been around these women for so long and brings so much to the show. And I would love to just see her with her nephews and her Munty life. And, you know, she's got archive. And I watched um, her speak on it with Candy. Candy has this um, YouTube show. And I just highly recommend everyone watch it. She interviews the women of the show. And this week she interviewed Marlo Hampton and... Marlo and her like really got into it, not in a bad way, but they really talked about Marlo and her peach and Candy actually got Marlo her own show that got greenlit by WeTV. I'm not even going to shade WeTV right now because I love Marlo too much to do that, but I guess like something fell through, I think on Marlo's end and Candy did admit she was like, yeah, I was a little pissed about it because that's, you know, you're fucking with my money a little bit, but it's okay. I'll forgive you. And they really have like this beautiful friendship. And I don't know. I just really, really recommend um, watching it. And Marlo also talks about like her childhood and her relationship with her mom and the relationship she has with her sister, um, the mother of her nephews. So it's really, really good. And then Latoya needs a fucking peach because first of all, I find Latoya to be one of the funniest people to come on Atlanta. Like she just doesn't give a fuck. Like she's, I <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be crass or anything. I mean, I'll do it. I'll say it. She apparently like ate Portia out or something. <laughs> like something happened there at the party. And then she also made out with Drew, which Drew was obviously saying that she didn't make out with her. But also what I really, really love about LaToya is that like she's incredibly like self-aware. So she really knows when she's being messy. She knows when she's, you know, saying fucked up things like when she calls drew spongebob like she knows exactly what she's doing and she's doing it for us and i am so thankful for that um and she's not afraid to apologize she's all you know to admit when she's wrong like with kenya she did totally see where kenya was coming from and they're able to resolve that and kind of move forward which is really really it's just 
it's rare. It's rare to see that kind of behavior on Housewives because normally they like to really stick to their guns and like fight for eternity about the same thing, which I mean, we see that with Kenny and Portia, but if they do not have a fucking peach in their hand by next year, I'm taking it to the streets. This is like, it's just too much. So this last week, we have been blessed with some candid shots of Housewives All-Stars. Now, if you are unfamiliar with this, it is going to be Cynthia, Kenya, Ramona, Luann, Kyle, and Melissa and Teresa. Oh my God, I can't believe I almost just forgot those two. Okay, no. So those are the housewives that are going to be in the Turks and Caicos together. And honestly, I cannot fucking wait for this because it's it's not going to be full of drama, which I'm okay with. I think it will be really, really interesting to see seven women who have been in the Bravo universe for over 10 years together. Like they are literally the OGs of Bravo, whether you love them or hate them. They are the reasons we watch these shows. So to see people like hating on all stars already, I'm like, I literally want to yell at get a fucking life. I know that that's so aggressive, but like we are getting something that we have maybe been manifesting and been waiting for forever. And we're finally getting it. And I don't want any spoilers. I just want pure joy and happiness when it comes to Housewives All-Stars. Um, I mean, the photos that we've seen are hilarious to me. It's like they're all trying to take selfies. And it's kind of interesting to dissect all their body language because like, it all kind of defines their personalities. Like at one point, Kyle's trying to like, like you can really tell Kyle's like trying to be the star of the selfie, but like really the star of the selfie is like Ramona. Um, but Ramona is just being crazy. Uh, there's also a picture of Ramona. Like you could tell she's in the middle of falling, which is so her. And Melissa's like trying to catch her. And Kyle, I think is like doing the splits at one point, which we're not surprised um, Cynthia is just absolutely gorgeous in all the photos that I've seen. Kenya, oh my God, Kenya, she looks fucking incredible. Like, love her or hate her, like, that body is banging. And, like, she got a, I think she said she got a boob reduction and, like, a lift. I, I love her boobs. I could talk about her boobs for an entire episode. Like, the way that they, like, sit in a bikini, like, my titties could never, okay? They, mine are like sallow deflated balloons. Like nothing is going on over here. But like those boobies, like those are some nice boobies. And I, I think they're real. I mean, like I said, she did get a reduction in a lift. But other than that, I think they're real. And I also have this love for Kenya too because she's from Detroit. And like if you go, there is this like little Mexican restaurant that you go to. If you go to Mexican town, which is like a neighborhood in Detroit. This is like so off topic. But they have a framed picture of Kenya there. It's amazing. I don't know why. I don't know if this was like one of Kenya's like favorite spots, but there is a framed photo of Kenya Moore in this restaurant. And I just find that to be very funny. Um, so I don't, I don't really know what to expect. I think we'll just have like some good times. I mean, it's only going to be four episodes and I think Bravo is trying to test the waters with it. So maybe next All-Stars, if people watch, um, which I mean, they will, they'll do more like, you know, pot stirrers. They'll pick people like maybe a Lisa Renna or um, maybe even a Dorinda. I mean, that would be amazing to see. I already missed Dorinda in, in Roni. So 
I just, I'm only saying positive things about Housewife All-Stars because I just, I, I can't, I can't take the negativity, you guys. I can't take it. Now that I wrapped up like the quick little Bravo universe, I want to get into like a very different universe and that is the universe of the Biebers. So if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I love Hailey Bieber. Like I love her. I just find her to be so beautiful and like naturally beautiful and like just a nice person. I mean, she's kind of boring, which is also why I kind of love her because there's really... There's no like scandals or anything that happened with her. She's just, there's just a good energy. But Haley, I need her to reel in her husband, Justin, ASAP. Justin and his dreads. Every week, we are fucking accosted by these photos on Instagram, these selfies, where he looks like he hangs out outside of a 7-Eleven and he has these horribly... Like, they're horrible. They're horrible dreads. And it's not okay. Every day, I don't need to see a new fucking picture of this white man in dreads. It is just disgusting. It needs to stop. Scooter Braun needs to take his phone away. But he won't because Scooter Braun is the devil. And he will monetize off of anyone's unstable mental state. I mean, we see that with Demi Lovato every other week. That she's constantly putting out documentaries about her addiction. And it's, like, how she almost died. And it's, like... It's so sad that she goes through that, but like we don't need a new documentary about it every single fucking year. Like it's at this point, it's like, okay, who is making her do this? Who and like, oh God, I just I don't know the ins and the outs of the Scooter Braun Taylor Swift war, but I'm on Taylor's side because I just find Scooter Braun to be the demon. I don't know how I got to that place from Justin Bieber having dreads, but also, Haley needs to just shave his head in the middle of the night. She needs to be like, babe, this isn't good. I don't think she has a type of personality to do that, but you know who does? Kendall Jenner. Kendall Jenner is a Scorpio, and she would look him up and down, and she would be like, immediately, we're done. You need to go in the bathroom. Think about what you've done. Shave your fucking head. And she needs to tell Haley that because I know that they're best friends. Um, if you haven't watched Haley Bieber's YouTube show, please do. It's really cute. It, like, takes place in her bathroom, which is kind of an odd place. I think she wants it to be, like, homey and relatable. But, babe, it's not relatable. You have, like, that really rich lady marble. You know, the white marble. It's, like, Carrera marble, I believe. Like, that's not relatable to anybody, but I'll watch it. And she had, a, actually, a really good episode with her and Kendall. And, like, I didn't think Kendall was that likable. But I just don't think Kendall really likes her family. So I think she's a lot nicer and, like, more fun to be around when she's drinking around her friends. That's – I'll just leave it there. Please just – just a PSA to Justin. Stop it. Now, for my favorite piece of news, I have saved the best for last, Ben Affleck, whom I adore. So fun fact about little Benny is he actually filmed his Batman movie, the Batman vs. Superman movies, in Detroit. So at the time, I believe he was struggling a little bit and he would go to the casinos. And we have like multiple really big casinos in Detroit. Um, and he would go there and he would count cards. Um, I just love that little fact about Ben because he's actually incredibly smart. And people don't really realize that. Like, it is very goodwill hunting, I think. Like, that was, like, I, I mean, it's obviously I don't think it's based on his life. I've never actually seen it. I've only seen the clips of it that, like, appeared on Tumblr a couple years ago. 
um, when people would like, you know, try to be inspirational. Um, he's also been giving us a lot of quarantine content. Um, if you go on Instagram or Twitter or you are trash and you read the Daily Mail like myself every single morning, it's like part of my routine. Um, you'll see that every single day he's pictured outside of his house on his stoop picking up like 14 Dunkin' Donuts iced coffees. And like he always looks disheveled. He always is in some sort of like gray, you know, Dorito stained t-shirt. Like I'm obsessed with it. And that isn't really what I'm here to talk about. What I'm here to talk about. Okay. I'm here to discuss a TikTok that has been circulating the interwebs. A girl, a young girl, posted a TikTok this week saying that she matched a man who said he was Ben Affleck on Raya. So what Raya is, if you're not familiar, it is like the Bumble or Hinge or Tinder for like famous people. It's like it's like what all celebrities use, um, Instagram influencers, if they like get approved, there's like a wait list. And I think when you're on Raya, you can't talk about being on Raya. I remember hearing that from I don't want to like even say her name, but Stassi brought that up on her podcast one time, like many years ago when I used to listen to it. It's like really embarrassing um, that I'm admitting that to all of you. But um, so a girl posted a TikTok saying that she matched with a man named Ben Affleck on Raya. And she was like, there's no way this is him. Like, there's just no fucking chance. So she like unmatches. He then finds her on Instagram and DMs her a video. Naveen, why did you unmatch me? It's me. You, okay, so you just heard it, but you, I swear to God, like, you have to see it because it's like, he is the character he played in fucking Gone Girl. He is, like, so close to the camera and he's like, hey, it's me. Like, oh, oh my God. But, like, it's disgusting and it's, like, so weird, but it's honestly, it's kind of hot. Like, he wanted her, like, that bad. I mean, the bar really is so low, honestly, but the bar can be in the fucking gutter for Ben Affleck, to be completely honest. I'll take him in any form. I've been with him since the very beginning, okay? Even though I didn't watch his, like, most famous movie, you know, that put him on the map. But I did watch Jersey Girl. So, I mean, I'm garbage. Um, yeah, I mean, I want to hate this. Like, I want to be like, wow, what a <laughs> scumbag. But I'm obsessed with it. I've watched it so many times. I've sent it to so many people and they're all like, get a grip, Sam. It's really not that serious. I'm just like, no, like I want this televised at my funeral. Like uh, it, it's amazing. And it got me thinking like, can you imagine like a really famous actress doing that? No, you can't. Because that, that like just the confidence of like a white man is just, there's nothing like it. Like he's like, hey, it's me. Like, oh my God. It's, I mean, honestly, like she needed, I need updates. Like, did she respond? Is she going to have dinner with him at catch? Is she going to like, is she going to hang out? I need, is she going to get a nice coffee? I need to know what is going on. And yeah, I mean, I hope more things come out about this girl and Ben Affleck. And I hope we never have to see him walking his like dogs with Anna de Armas ever again because that was a really dark time when like his PR team and her PR team put them together and like made them literally walk the streets it was oh my god that was horrible because they looked I mean at least they didn't look terrible now remember that video 
that came out last year at like the beginning of quarantine of Sean Mendez and Camilla walking. And I mean, they were walking so fucking slow and they looked terrible. And it was like very obvious that it was like a PR thing. So Ben and Anna weren't necessarily doing that, but like it gave very similar vibes and it was all kind of happening at the same time. So I'm glad that he's like moved on from that. You know, like I'm glad he's like not doing that anymore, but that video that he sent that girl, I will be thinking about it for the rest of my fucking days because I mean, I want a video like that. Send me a video like that. Honestly, I would die. I would die again. Play it at my funeral. If I die, I want it televised there. I will make everyone watch it. And my extended family who already thinks I'm fucking nuts will be like, why is Ben Affleck? on the fucking screen. Like we're mourning the loss of like our least favorite cousin. So yeah, that is where I stand with Ben Affleck. I will keep you all updated. So I've decided that every single week I am going to give you like one recommendation, television, movies, you know, books. Oh, I'm honestly, I'm probably never going to recommend a book to you guys. I really, like I have to be totally honest. It probably won't happen. Um, so I'm just going to recommend a show this week that I think everybody should get into if you haven't already. It's There's only been three episodes, so it's really easy to like get into. Um, and that is Mare of Easttown. So that is spelled M-A-R-E. Um, I know when I say it, it sounds like Mayor. Um, it's Mayor of Easttown. It's on HBO. Um, it stars goddess Kate Winslet um, and her vape who I have already nominated for Best Supporting Actress, not Kate Winslet, her vape specifically. Um, I can't get enough of it. It's like every year HBO comes out with a new like small town murder mystery that involves a priest and like, you know, a young girl. It's just, I'm not going to give anything away because I don't want to spoil anything, but I look forward to it every single week. I am on the edge of my seat every episode I mean, so Kate Winslet, she plays a detective with a very aggressive grown-out ombre. And which brings me to my next point. It really got me thinking the hold that hairstyle had on us as a society in like 2014, 2015 was just not okay. And so it's a little it's a little triggering to see it on Kate Winslet, who is like beyond stunning. And Kate Winslet is also doing like amazing accent work. I believe this show is supposed to take place in Philadelphia. Now, uh, I I can't be 100% sure about that, um, but I believe that's where it's taking place. That's what people on the Twitter are saying. So, you know, Queen of the Titanic is now literally in, like, a dirty little town in Philadelphia. Um, it's just, again, I'm not going to spoil it, but it, I have to tell you guys, it's a great watch. You'll love it. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to follow me on Instagram at Rob Historian and Hot Off The Mess is a podcast by The Dip. That's D-I-P-P. See you next week. Oh, one more thing. Uh, Amelia Gray and Scott Disick are awful and terrible and I hate them. Bye. You know those cigarette butts that you see every day? They're made of microplastics and they line our streets and waterways. On California beaches, they're the number one plastic you'll find. Over 35 years, cleanups have collected millions combined. But no matter where you see them, they're all getting smaller 
eventually leaching into our food, our air, our water. The tobacco industry's to blame for all of the harm that they do. For the harm to the people we love, and the harm to you too. Learn more at undo.org. Everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy of the summer. I am your father. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> Michael Sarah. It's showtime. And Samuel L. Jackson. What the mother father kind of spaniel's going on here? Paws of Fury. Only in theaters this Friday. Ready PG.